Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. And one longtime leader in helping the neighbors around us is the St. Vincent de Paul. We welcome today Ned Delmore, the Executive Director of St. Vincent de Paul, Seattle, King County, as well as Jim McFarland, the Director of Marketing and Communications. St. Vincent de Paul has been around Seattle and King County for almost 100 years now. Ned and Jim, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Gary. This is um, Ned Delmore, and I'm uh, first of all, we're, we're very grateful to be here with you and on this show. I listen to it regularly. Yes, I do get up that early in the morning, and it's really good to, um, to hear the wonderful guests that you have and what's going on in, in our city and county. Well, I'm glad to include you guys in it, um, St. Vincent de Paul. Like I said, has it been 100 years in Seattle, King County now? been 100 years, close to it. It'll be in 2020 is our 100th anniversary, so... January 26th, uh, 1920 is when we started here. That's pretty cool to have that big a legacy. Um, as a nonprofit all those years, were they called nonprofits 100 years ago? I guess they probably were in some fashion or like. Yes, yeah, they were. They were called nonprofits, but also, you know, um, we were, were an organization that was uh, really started by a, uh, a college student in, in France, 19 year old young man by the name of. Um, Frederick Ozenam, and uh, that was back in 1833. And it has continued to thrive primarily because of a very simple and very powerful mission, and that is we go to people wherever they are. We, we visit people. It doesn't matter uh, what jurisdiction they're in. Uh, we go and meet people face-to-face, and we believe very strongly in uh, you know the the relationship and uh, and how we create that is is um, in a very purposeful way. Um, so that has been the foundation of Saint Vincent de Paul. And you know we do thousands of home visits, about seventeen thousand face to face visits a year. And um, we think that we change the lives of people when we're in relationship with them. You know, you, you just said you, you really touch people face-to-face. A lot of people, if they're listening how and they go, oh, yeah, St. Vincent de Paul, I, I've seen their thrift stores, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's kind of the face around the county, anyway, at least. People can't do know those thrift stores. I mean, so give us that. Let's start there and then mm-hmm. narrow it down for folks because, yeah, what yeah, we, happens in that store and why does that store exist in the first place? We, we do have five thrift stores, and our first one started in uh, March of 1926. And so we've been in the thrift business for a long time. A lot of listeners will remember that we had quite a thrift facility down at South Lake Union. Yeah. And we had stores in various locations. Now we have five. One at, up on Aurora Avenue at 136th and Aurora. Then we have Kent, Burien, Kenmore, and um, who am I missing? Rainier. Renton. And Rainier, our Renton store. So yeah. uh, we have five stores, and their principal function is to help people that can afford thrift and to help us have some funds to do our mission work. So we've been in the thrift business for a long time. Yeah, and those some funds are raised there. Absolutely. And, and that is funds are then dispersed Correct. for all this other work you're talking about Correct. that we're going to get into today, right? They are raised there. And, um, and in this world today that of, of severe competition, you know, we're, we're five stores in the sea of 100 thrift uh, retail stores, you know, with some of these other big organizations out there. But um, I think one of the things that distinguishes us is our mission, um, really. Uh, the dollars that we accrue at the stores through our sales goes back directly to those people that need help 
in their homes, particularly for rental assistance. Yeah. And so as we, let's dig into that here. So you, a non, like you said, a nonprofit, you've been doing this work. I mean, it's a faith-based organization. We throw the word saint in there, people at least recognize that too, right? Uh, but you don't curtail who you help when you talked about helping people face-to-face. No. That has nothing to do with religion, right? That's right. I mean, we, our roots are, are grounded in Catholic social teaching. And our founders were, they were some very strong, strident, even radical uh, in a lot of ways, in terms of ad- advocacy and and fighting injustice, and and those are, um, you know, those are the folks that have been good teachers to us in terms of uh, our volunteer people. We've got like twelve hundred of them on the ground out in the communities, in these fifteen, fifty three different um, varying communities, uh, who go out into these homes and serve people in great need, and so. Um, religion, uh, race, creed—it uh, doesn't matter. We don't. Uh, we're not interested in asking people what their what their belief system is. We we think that our our mission is to serve everyone. Yeah, and so you mentioned the the locations, the various. So King County, right. you have like you're broken up into. We have 53 neighborhood-based chapters. Yeah. We call them conferences, which is a term that we began with back in the, the 1800s. But so in neighborhoods to help correct. other neighbors close by. Exactly. That's the whole idea. And it it really is grounded in this idea that if you go into someone's home and meet with them directly face-to-face and figure out what is it their, their problem is, how do we help them continue to be a neighbor, that's the sort of the genesis of it. And bringing that forward now, today, here, we probably keep 5,000 to 7,000 families in their homes instead of out on the streets homeless. And when someone's homeless, it's very expensive for taxpayers and for and the compassion involved in helping those people has to be in place. But it's very expensive to take care of them when they're on the streets. So if we can keep someone in their homes for $500 or $600 or with rents going up the way they are, maybe even $1,200, which is a stretch in some cases, it's much, much cheaper than having them deal with all of the issues they are confronted with when they're on the streets. Is that, so now let's get into that. So there's a nuts and bolts. You want to prevent homelessness. I mean, uh, wow, that's kind of a cool uh, way to say, oh, we don't just help, uh, you know, a tent city or people we find on the street. You want to make sure they don't even ever get there in the first place. What's the what's the framework of that kind of uh I don't know, the so logistics behind that. How did you decide this is the parameters, this is how we'll set this up, and this is how this is going to work? So where it starts is at the front door of our helpline. We get some 40,000 calls a year. Uh, we're the number one referral source in the city from the 211 crisis line. And so those referrals are sent out to us, my wife and I, who are volunteers at St. Vincent de Paul. We go out... Um, probably every fifth week, along with other volunteers. Once we get those referrals from our helpline, we'll go out into our community, which happens to be um, the um, Wedgwood community, and we will visit with people that uh, usually are in need of rental assistance. And what we do is we'll sit down with them. Uh, we'll sit down and, and, um, and listen to their story often, and they'll tell us about the fact that um, they had some uh, medical expenses this month, or they had a car that broke down, or they've had, uh, or somebody lost a job, and they're about to be evicted. And frequently, we're in touch with landlords and with attorneys. 
and with uh, you know medical professionals to be advocates for the people, our neighbors. We call these folks our neighbors that we go see, and we're there to advocate and to and to um, keep them in their homes. And the best way to do that is to go visit them. You're going to find out the truth about a family when you go visit them. You're going to see, you know, uh, kind of the the inner workings of their their home situation. Oftentimes, my wife and I meet people in restaurants that are homeless, uh, or in or in a tent, or in an RV. We'll go wherever they are, and um, those are tricky, uh, you know, because uh, we go in, as couples, and my wife sees things I don't see, and uh, and we 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 come back um, knowing that uh, we've lifted the spirits of some of these folks because um, they were desperate, or depressed, or lonely, and. Uh, and we're able to keep them either in their home or uh, uh, be able to pay for their, their medical coverage or, or other assistance that they need because uh, they're short on funds. Paycheck to paycheck, man. we got so many people in our society living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, we're one of the organizations that addresses that. Boy, you, you really said a lot there, Ned. The I mean, people really do. They're still in a home. They may have a job. They may work in part-time. They may work in two or three part-time jobs. But if they get a diagnosis that, you know, oh, I've run through my deductible or whatever the co-pays are in their insurance, they got nowhere to go. So this this (laughs) 2 call, right? People call 2 one saying, I don't know what to do next, right? That's what the – and then so the city at least has this 2 one You know who you need to call is St. Vincent de Paul. Is that how that starts? Exactly. And I, I can give you, I'll relate a story that I was involved in here several months ago. A, a young man in his early 30s called 211, was referred to us. He'd had a, a shoulder injury at work and he was laid off for three months. Well, he's borderline in terms of income levels and whatnot. Well, his mother lives with him. He's an immigrant from a, another country. And he was looking at his checkbook and his finances saying, if I don't have work, I'm not going to be able to take care of my mom and and myself. So he called 211. They referred him to us. We visited him. We were able to help mitigate his situation with some rent. Uh, and then he went back to work, and so problem resolved. We keep him and his grandmother in their house. Everything worked. Sometimes that doesn't work. People get evicted. and Yeah, I mean, once somebody, like you said, he's on the edge. He's got a temporary thing. But once they go over that edge and have to live in their car for a while or, you know, don't that get them back into stable housing with a first and a last month's rent when you don't when you don't have, like you said, paycheck to paycheck, I'm just barely getting by, you can't save up and so well, so it's just sometimes just cash deciding this is what's gonna help you is it is cash, but um, what we do is we deal directly with the landlord. We, we make sure that it gets to mm-hmm. the landlord that it's Great. paid. People want to hear this when they hear about that, non That's right. Okay. So we're, we're spending that money going directly to the, the, the folks that can, um, can um, meet the need of this particular neighbor by paying for their rent. Uh, we're not giving cash directly to the neighbor. That, um, that's something that we follow a very strict code about. Uh, we want to make sure that we want to make sure that this um, the money gets to where it needs to go. We are talking with St. Vincent de Paul of Seattle King County this morning. Ned Delmore and Jim McFarland are here, and home visits, just neighbors. So you're you've got 
neighborhood chapters. How many people does it take? You threw out a number earlier that sounded ridiculous, Ned. I mean, how many volunteers do you have doing this, and what do those visits look like? Yeah, let me tell you about the volunteers very quickly, Gary, if I could. Um, they are regular folks. They're professional, non-professional. They're, they're, they're folks that uh, a lot of them are retirees, but we've got others that, um, that have decided that they want uh, something that's fulfilling in their lives. Mm-hmm something that's heartfelt. Uh, one of the things that we believe about volunteering at St. Vincent de Paul, and a volunteer at St. Vincent de Paul, by the way, that goes out on home visits is called a Vincentian, a Vincentian named after St. Vincent. And um, what, what really distinguishes them is that they're, they're, this is a calling. I mean, they, they want to go out and serve our, their neighbor. It's, 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 it's our, you know, it's a we are our brother's keeper, so to speak, right. and and so um, so we've got we've got twelve hundred of those volunteers on the ground. Okay, they're on the front lines, and they're going out into every one of these different neighborhoods throughout King County, and they go in, and oftentimes it's a very tiny connection that they make, but they begin. But w- you know, when we knock on the door of somebody's home and we say it's St. Vincent de Paul they open the door. They know St. Vincent de Paul, people that live on the margins, people that live in poverty. Uh, they know about our work, and, and, they, and they frequently are in contact with us to receive help. So my wife and I go into the home, you know, and we sit down, and, you know, when you come into someone else's home, that's a sacred space as far as I'm concerned, and we treat it that way. That's so an we, excellent point, yeah. We treat people with real dignity and respect, and we listen very carefully to them. And right there, right out of the gate, people uh, seem to feel a bit of, um, of comfort and a bit of warmth from us. And, uh, and so they're willing to tell us a little bit about their story. Yeah. And that's the way that we find out which direction we need to go here. That This person may need some case management. This person may need a referral because they have a mental health problem or a drug and alcohol problem. But what we try to do is do a, a very thoughtful assessment on what's needed at the time. And frequently it's, I'm about to be evicted and I need rental income and we will come in and pay the next four, five, six hundred dollars to keep those folks in their home. We will pay it to the landlord. And then we'll help the person, if they're looking for work, we'll get them a case manager, we'll help them find work or help them keep their job. We will do everything that we can to kind of wrap around services to keep them in their homes. So the, the volunteers that do this, they're not a social worker. They don't have a degree in psychology. They're not the... Uh, a job training expert. They're just <clears throat> people who care. So who, I mean... Neighbors, you, they're, they're neighbors who've been trained on how to listen actively and listen really carefully to people who are experiencing struggles and need help. So if someone listening says, well, that's that sounds like a great model. I don't know if I have the skill to do that. Does anybody have the... I mean, how do you convince someone to say, this is not so threatening, this is not so hard, here's how you know we can teach you these tools? Because yeah. like you said, you're going to someone's sacred space. This, they're most vulnerable. You must feel threatening to some, I don't know, I, how I, that I, dynamic works, yeah. right? It's I, think there's a, I think there's a couple of things. One I would say is that it's, it's very satisfying and enriching to the volunteer to have their own gifts and talents recognized 
because they're going in. They're smart people, these volunteers. They realize that people are in need. There's a kind of a validation to them as a volunteer that I've listened and I've helped and I've moved this person into a different place. And I'm also going to get help doing that. If I need a case manager, I'm also going to get training to do that. And I'm also with another volunteer. So I'm not walking this road alone. I'm actually walking it with a team of people. And then we come back to a further team of Vincentians and we talk it through. We talk through what we did on this home visit to see if there could have been something different or better. Sounds like you got a big support network then to support not just the the volunteers, but you can reach out then to these this couple, this guy needs this kind of help, case management, social work, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And the support network is really important because it's it's very strenuous work, it can be in some cases. And so people have a way to go into their full group, it may be 15 people, 20 people, their peers, where they can say, here's what happened. Let's talk about this particular visit and what might we do in the future to make it go differently or a little bit better or whatever. So it's so very important. What really kind good. of people, let's say, uh, let's use today as a platform to get a few more volunteers. Who do you think would be perfect for this? Well, there, there are all kinds of folks that would be perfect. One group that we think has a particular need right now would be empty nesters because their children have left, they've gone on to college, they've gone on to whatever. Many empty nesters are looking to be repurposed, revitalized. <laughs> we offer a kind of work that really has purpose and respect and dignity and value, so we think they're a good group. But younger people also. I, we're, we're seeing a lot of millennials who are now very, very interested in helping people who are struggling. We had a number of those folks help us with coats over the winter to help homeless people. So millennials, uh, empty nesters, retirees, uh, and, and people you know, who just this- feel... This time of year, Such. people say, I'm New Year's resolution type of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I, got a, I got a little hole in me. I, there's something I need to do. This good time of year to, to say, hey, I can volunteer at St. Vincent de Paul. Have them go to our website at svdpseattle.org. I should have mentioned that before. Jim, go right. ahead and say it again. People just picked up their pencil. Yeah, svdpseattle.org and click on our Get Involved uh, menu item at the top of the page, and it's simpler from there. Let me ask about the uh, then the results of this. A home visit is it is it a long term thing? Is it I, I see you once and there you go? I see you twice, or is it, I mean, is a real, real relation? These are neighbors you just talked about. Is a real relationship set up yeah, and yeah. continued? And I, I think. And um, how do you measure success? I guess I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's a combination of things. We see some people. Um, uh, frequently, some people whose needs are so um, strong, uh, so complicated, you know, mental health, uh, drug and alcohol combination of those kinds of things. Um, we see them on a we see them monthly or bimonthly. Frequently, I would say the great majority of people, and we actually did a little bit of um, analysis on this. The majority of people that we see are are one time, kind of. Uh, encounters where we go in and you know and they're they're ashamed that they're asking for help hmm. and um, you know our volunteers come in and are are very thoughtful and very careful about that and um, you know we see them one time we pay their we pay their bills we get them back up on their feet um, you know so so that that's an outcome that happens across the board for us on a frequent basis 
But I have to tell you, there are so many pressures on people today on so many different levels. Um, you know, from, uh, from living today is extremely expensive. When you got three or four kids and you're living in an apartment and you're working a couple of jobs, uh, you have no extra money and one, one bill will take you down, take you to your knees. And that's when they're calling 211 and that's when they're calling to St. Vincent de Paul. And that's why we want to also bring around them other resources like case management to help rebuild parts of their lives to strengthen them so that they can become self-sufficient. So, you know, oftentimes we see people that know St. Vincent de Paul, they trust us, and they can, they can have a conversation with us. They want that. I mean, people are lonely today, man. They are, people are, are they live on their own, they live in privacy, they li- the, often, oftentimes they want that, but when they have an encounter with someone who values them as a human being, um, they look forward to the meetings that we at St. Vincent de Paul, our, our Vincentians, our volunteers have with our neighbors. It's kind of funny you're talking about neighborhoods and neighbors, and yet, yes, what you just described, I think it's late 20th and 21st century America where we're all real private and we don't make the kind of neighborhood connections we used to, uh, let's say, 100 years ago when St. Vincent de Paul was founded here in Seattle. Yeah, you're King absolutely County, uh, right, man. It's a different world. For some reason, uh, we're different. You guys have been sort of morphing along the way, haven't you? Yeah, we have. And one of the things that uh, that comes along with with that um, culture or behavior is is a mistrust uh, that that uh, many people live with every day. I'm not going to let you in to hear what my problems are, but if you come in with a sense of non-judgment, of uh, a recognition that this is a human being with dignity. That you've really got to, you you know, you, you find that person within that person. And um, in doing that, um, you form a relationship of trust. I, I think what St. Vincent de Paul has is, is what I would call relational power. And, and it comes from these different contacts that we have. And, and to your point, Gary, of kind of being a throwback, I, I think we're a throwback to where, uh, you know, in our neighborhoods, we used to take care of each other. You know, kids were looked after by other families, and and when someone was hurting in their community, others came up around them. Yeah. And St. Vincent de Paul does that like like nobody else. And you knew that, too, in the old days. But now you have to have a, a group like St. Vincent de Paul to reach out, you know, and find those folks. To support Ned's point, we periodically ask the folks at 211, why do you think we get so many referrals? And they'll say, well, a lot of it has to do with your reputation. People know and trust you guys, and they know that they will be treated with respect and dignity. Because these people, the people we see have, as Ned said, a lot of pressures and a lot of problems. And when they get a a moment where they can be treated with some dignity or respect, it can make a major difference in their day and in their week and in their month. And that's very important to us because everybody should be treated that way. And uh, but we talked about volunteers and the people, you know, who might be a good volunteer. Some people still, hey, you know what? We talked about this 21st century type of person. I'd rather just soon give money to that. You take must need, oh, <laughs> baby. need for cash all the time. Uh, just a cash donation works, yeah. does a lot, too. Oh, talk absolutely. about relational we'll, power. There must be some monetary power we'll in there, take too, it. right? We'll, we'd love to take <laughs> your money to help these folks. That, again, and online? Can online, people do you that? can go to our, on the front page of our website right now, we have a big button that says Donate Now. 
and uh, it has a actually has a photo of a home visit that's taking place. But we really uh, always need donations, particularly this time of year. But throughout the year, we need donations to help do our work. Are, are, you know, the citizens, Gary. I mean, the citizens of Seattle and King County. They want to know where their money's going. Yeah, and and we can say with with emphasis that. Um, your money is going to a landlord to keep someone in their home so that they're not costing you, the taxpayer, $30,000, dollars a year when they're out of their home. Yeah, the streets, and yeah. you guys have been accountable for a long time. Um, you, you pres- as nonprofits, what do you call those annual reports and stuff? Exactly. And you got a board yeah. of directors you've got to report to, Correct. let alone the public. And, and you guys are doing this great. Uh, and 89 cents of every dollar donated to us goes directly to help people. Uh, that's a huge a big number. I mean, that's a good number. I mean, a nonprofit shoots for something like 81 if they're really good. Yeah. To, to hit yeah. 89, that sounds awesome, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, every, we really work at it, and it's something we have a lot of respect for. We. We don't spend lavishly on things that you don't need to spend on. We try to really manage our resources and take care of people that need help. And like I said, it's like volunteer-driven, isn't it? It is volunteer-driven. Yeah. And and the other, the other, I think, really cool thing um, is that St. Vincent de Paul is not a bureaucracy. We are, we are a very nimble, accessible, um, very direct organization, you know, where we, where, where we aren't fighting um, through different... Um, phases of of uh, of an organization or a company we can get right to the people that we're working with right to the people that we want to um to do this ministry for it's it's a beautiful thing that's awesome hey we're going to run out of time in just a couple of more minutes so if we haven't said anything about what you wanted to talk about this morning about what saint vincent de paul's of seattle and king county does now's the time or if you want to make sure we double down on something or you know make sure people really take away a message this morning what do you think this should be well one thing that I would like to say that uh, that uh, I, I kind of um, spoke around a little bit is the home visit to me uh, to my wife and to a lot of incensions is really um, it's the spirituality of who we are it's 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 really kind of the heart of who we are because it it speaks to the to the human spirit we go in and work with people at that level and you know when people are gathered together in a, in a room there it's a sacred space and and that's a that's an element of it that's fundamental to our work there's it's a, it's a spiritual encounter i have one thing i want to add that's it's important for me personally but it's also important for our organization one a core audience that we really deal with a lot are young moms who have little kids who have either been left because of divorce or abandonment or abuse, they're a very important target for us because this time of year and other times, they're a lot of the people that are calling us. Mm. I was raised by a single mom. We were evicted from our house when I was 10. So I have some understanding of that. But overall, that's a very important target for us. And we get a good volume of those calls. And we, so if any moms are out there listening, we can always use your help. There's all kinds of things we can have you do to help us. Great. I can't thank you guys for coming in enough. We have been talking today with Ned Delmore, the Executive Director, and Jim McFarland, the Director of Marketing and Communications at St. Vincent de Paul for Seattle and King County. Uh, Again, the website is svdpseattle.org, just like you'd think, St. Vincent de Paul, svdpseattle.org. An email, if people want to shoot you an email, it's pretty easy, right? Giving at svdpseattle.org, the word giving. I guess that's where you can send along of 
a donation as well, right? Correct. That's and right. a phone number, just people pick up the regular old telephone and call in, and I think I have this number right, Jim, 206-767-9975. Correct. And a human being will answer that phone? Correct. All right, 206-767-9975, the Seattle uh, chapter, or Seattle, King County of uh, St. Vincent de Paul. Thank you guys so much uh, for coming in and sharing today. And gosh, just a bigger thanks for what St. Vincent de Paul is doing to reduce and prevent homelessness here in Seattle and King County. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Gary. It's a real gift to be with you. Thanks, Gary. I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.